Talk Back Matters from the Salvos. What was life like for you in the first 10 years of your life? Can't remember? Well, Kay certainly remembers. She shares her story, a real-life family feud, and how she dealt with it. I grew up in a, um, in a family where there was quite a bit of alcohol. Uh, my dad had, uh, was an alcoholic, and there would be a lot of fights between my parents. Um, yeah, so it wasn't very nice. There wasn't actual uh, physical abuse between them. Um, although, you know, it, we, the, the fights and the scary nature of that was actually quite awful as a, as a kid growing up. And I was the eldest of four children. Wow. But it was part of my nature, I guess, of just uh, looking after my siblings and protecting them. So I usually made sure that they were in their room and, uh, you know, covered over often just so that they couldn't hear what was going on. And I was often the intermediary between the fights, you know. And one of the highlights of my life, I loved going to school. Uh, I had to hide a lot of things because, you know, when you're hiding um, things like alcoholism and that sort of stuff, you often put on a face. But I did love, you know, I did love um, learning and I loved particularly learning languages. And I had a good group of friends that we knocked around with. Uh, some of those friends I've kept to this day. So, yeah, education and school, that was that was pretty pivotal for me as I was growing up. And maybe it was because you were escaping from that scene as well. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, Chris, I think just getting out of that environment where it was quite unpredictable. Did that affect you going into your late teens and early 20s? I think one of the biggest things for me um, was actually going into my later teens and into my 20s and not having a male role model as a father. Right. Because uh, my parents split up when I was... Uh, around about 11, 12, oh, wow. and then sort of formally separated when I was 13. It's interesting because I look at a lot of the older guys in our church and often they're a male role model as a father, you know, sort of that paternal um, loving parent who gives you a bit of guidance. And one of the things that I really missed was guidance uh, in my life with a whole host of different situations, even even deciding who I should marry. Um, you know, I ended up seeking out an older brother type um, friend who actually helped me with the decision of marriage. I didn't grow up as a Christian, so I didn't actually have the church and those older men uh, in my life at that time. Did you have feelings that were like of uh, hate or of resentment or anything like that that you struggled with um, towards your parents? I think probably more fear. Like fear, often as a child, I think you take on the responsibility and you think, oh, it wasn't my fault that they split up. Were we not good enough? Um, but it was more disappointment as well. I, like I always thought that mum and dad would get back together again. They tried a few times. And it just it just didn't work. Their personalities were too different. And one of the one of the reasons was Dad was an alcoholic, and Mum couldn't survive with that, you know. And uh, one thing that Dad was actually quite good at, and I, and I hear that a lot of people don't necessarily do this, but Dad would come home with the pay packet, uh, but he would still spend quite a lot of time down at the pub. So it was still, you know, the absent father syndrome. So I guess, if anything, I probably lacked respect for my father. Um, from that point of view. I loved him deeply, but I really lacked respect. We're talking with Kay about her story. One person who went through a similar thing said that they knew what mood their father was in when he got home by the way he drove in the driveway. Absolutely, and I think sometimes he was he was actually too paralytic to drive. It would be a mate that would drop him home. Yeah, right. Um, and 
then the fighting would start because he would he would have said that he was going to be home at six o'clock or seven o'clock, and then you know here it is ten o'clock, eleven o'clock at night, and he still wasn't home, and mum had cooked a meal and that sort of stuff. So then the fighting would start, and we just we just knew, and it would be very very tense in the house. So it's interesting the choices you made because research shows that many people who grow up in that environment they marry a similar kind of person. But you seem to have had really good guidance. I think uh, I think part of that, Chris, has really been to do with having, you know, coming to know the Lord. And I had some Christian brothers and sisters early in my um, Christian walk. I did a, a course called uh, Discipleship Training School through Youth with a Mission over in New Caledonia. Yeah. And two of the other participants were males who were older than me, and one of them was quite a few years older than me. And I certainly looked up to him, a lovely Melanesian brother. He was he was like a big brother. Wow. And I I felt I was a big sister and, you know, I had to play a little bit of that role of protection all the time. And I had always wanted a big brother. So when it did come to marrying my um, husband, uh, that's what I did. I went over to New Caledonia and I said, here's the guy that's proposed to me. I'm not sure. (laughs) Um, You don't speak English. He doesn't speak French. But guess what? You're stuck together for 10 days. And at the end of the day, I want, you know, at the end of the time, I want to know what we should do. And uh, it was interesting. You know, he was, he was a prayer and he spent a lot of time with my husband, Max. Um, and at the end of the time, he said, uh, this man is a very patient man. I think you should marry him. So obviously my friend, uh, Bayel, he knew enough about me to know that I needed a patient man, somebody yeah. who was good and was going to be able to, uh, you know, cope with some of my stuff. And some of my stuff has come up throughout our life, you know, and it has caused uh, issues. And so Max has had to stay in there. He's had to hang in there and he's had to have those patient, that patience. So very much uh, a great insight from, from my Melanesian brother. That's quite amazing testimony as to how our faith can really help us in our lives. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That's Kay's story. If you have a story of a breakthrough in your life, an issue that you've worked through and you've overcome or you're overcoming still, then let us know. Send us a message from our Facebook page, Salvos Radio. We'd love to hear from you. Light and Life, the Salvos Weekly Radio Show.